The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. This is the Spin-Off Podcast Network, with an emergency episode of Gone by Lunchtime. Mecca Faitiri has defected from the Labour Party. I repeat, Mecca Faitiri has defected from the Labour Party. Tēnā koutou this is Toby Manhar, and I'm joined via the magic of the internet by Annabelle Lee Maitha and Ben Thomas. Kia ora kōrua. Kia ora. Kia ora. Uh, look, I, uh, the thing is, I, look, I was going to do an enthusiastic intro, but my heart's not in it because I'm leaving. You're defecting I'm too. I'm leaving. I, from this podcast. Yeah, I, which are you, uh, which one, which, which rival upstart podcast are you planning to join? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and work as an intern on the detail, but I... <laughs> The, the, wow, I interviewed the, for that. The thing is, it, it's just that it, it hasn't been working. No, no, no real specifics. Just, just a sort of, just a vague kind of sense that maybe I would mm. kind of flower more that as my true a, self a if I just yeah. left. Just yeah. you know, I see what I was going to tell you at some I see point. What you're but um, doing here. Uh, before we get into that extended metaphor, thanks to Tiahe Butler for making all of this work and spin-off members. We're here, as Ben uh, alludes to, because this morning, it's 2 p.m. on Thursday, May the 3 now, but this morning, Mecca Faitari, the Labour MP for Ikaroa Rafati and a minister outside Cabinet quit the Labour Party and jumped into the warm embrace of Te Pāti Māori. Now, as we speak, there are a few things that are not obvious. It's not obvious what her reasons for defecting are. It's not obvious whether she has formally notified the Speaker in writing that she is quitting the Labour Party, because if she has, then that triggers the wicker jumping provisions in the Electoral Act and vacates her seat. It means that she's not an MP anymore. We'll come back to that in a bit. What she did say this morning at the Waipatu Marae in Hastings was, I have notified the Speaker I have resigned from New Zealand Labour Party and have joined Te Pāti Māori. She said, I intend to be seated with Te Pāti Māori when we return to Parliament. And I think she meant in the next few days rather than after the next election. First, though, Annabelle, you started getting wind of these rumours yesterday afternoon. What What's it all about? What's going on? And crucially, why? What is the reason that Mecca Faitari took this decision? 
Well, I mean, I I haven't spoken to Mecca, and interestingly, she hasn't. I slid into her DMs, but she hasn't come back to me. But were I, if I were to speculate, hmm. I would uh, imagine that it probably has to do with Labour not restoring her position as a cabinet minister. Hmm. She has a, you know, as we know, she was demoted. I think in was it twenty eighteen? Yeah, I think so. Tobe um, over allegations of a some sort of um, dispute with, with a staff member. Mm. Dispute with um, a staff member's arm. Altercation <laughs> is the word that seems to be the one of choice. Yeah. A, <laughs> Disagreement a, with a the, the vulnerable shoulder area of a staffer. <laughs> mm. So uh, um, some of those you know, uh, allegations were denied. I would strain to sorry, point yeah. out. Yeah. That's right. And, um, you know, she has recently, well, not that recently, but she has been given some um, ministerial portfolios outside of Cabinet. Um, We've seen other Labour MPs who have fallen from grace over different issues but Mm. have their their roles restored and perhaps, and again I'm speculating, perhaps there's some resentment that that while some people are able to work their way back in, she um, has not been shown that same generosity mm. and she feels that she has gas in the tank. You know, we know that um, communities in Ikaruarafiti are currently in crisis as a result of the of the floods. Maybe that's increased the sense of urgency. She feels that her mahi should be recognised or that she has... Um, more to offer. I think the challenge she may face is how to position that within her electorate so that this move seems purely altruistic and, you know, for the greater kaupapa of Māori representation and not something that's been perhaps driven by personal ambition and... um, and I think, you know, we saw with her announcement today, she was emotional, teary, not something we usually um, see from a, a wahine like Mecca. And so far, the response seems to be that that people uh, that uh, people are, are buying her narrative. They're believing the story that she's telling them and there seems to be a, a, a fair amount of, um, of of sympathy and aroha and tautoko for her at this moment. It's important to remember, though, that Ikaruarafiti bleeds red through and through and in, it's been 27 years since anyone's managed to flip that electorate. The last person was Tuariki Delamere when he stood for New Zealand first way back in the day. And, you know, a litmus test of how strong the support is for Labour in Ikaruarafiti is that when the foreshore and seabed legislation was passed, it's argued that no iwi lost more than the people of Ikaruarafiti by virtue of the fact that they own a lot of the whenua along their coastline. So in terms of undisturbed possession, you know, they they could really prove that. And yet... It still wasn't enough to flip Parikura Horomia out yeah. of that seat. Parikura, who of course was um, 
was um, Mecca's mentor and the person she replaced when um, she won that by-election after he passed in 2013. Mm. So winning the hearts and minds of, of such a tutudu Labour electorate, I think, will not be as straightforward as perhaps people might think it is, even though right. there's strong support for her as an electorate MP. It's going to be a fascinating, fascinating race. Yeah. And if you look at the, even when I think, I think Madame Fox came within a, you know, maybe th- maybe three or 4,000. Mm, yeah, they never got um, too close. Even yeah. then, that's a, that's still a buffer, but also the, the party vote is overwhelming, which, 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 which tells its own story, right? Like it's a. Only 12% for the Māori party at the last election right, right. in that seat and, and over 60% for Labour. So, you know strong support for Labour in that electorate. Ben, going back to the decision itself, uh, John Tamihere, the Māori Party president, spoke a bit in introducing um, Whaiteri this morning about looking after after the Māori population. She didn't so much. And do you think that's the line that will develop, as Annabelle suggests, in the hours and days to come? Or is it very much about, and maybe they're connected, about that feeling, again, as Annabelle says, that she'd done her time, done her penance, was on the trajectory back in, had been restored to ministerial role. She was sitting in the ante room, and then Stuart Nash gets fired, and she is not uh, given the dignity of being returned to the cabinet table. Is that what Mm. this is about, do you reckon? Oh, I mean... Once you start trying to figure out the motives, you know, once you knock it down rationally, grudge seems to be almost the only one left. Um, You would think, you know, she's got a strong chance of winning it. Um, Labour will have a a tough time finding a strong candidate. Um, She is the incumbent, you know, albeit for the Labour Party. So, you know, you, you wouldn't write her off. It's not a suicide mission like Godov Sharma. But at the same time, you would think that she would have been much more assured of safety if she had stayed with Labour as the incumbent there. Um, in terms of personal advancement, I mean, she's a minister. In terms of helping the electorate, she's currently the, the minister for, you know, uh, on the Cyclone Recovery Task Force um, mm. for her area. That's gone now. She, she can't contribute in that way. Sure, she's been out on the ground meeting with people and talking to people. There was some criticism early that she was a bit MIA, but, uh, you know, she'll be meeting and greeting with people, but to what end? Basically for photo opportunities now. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's hard in terms of it was floated on RNZ that maybe, you know, Labour has um, caused some disaffection with its Māori caucus by stepping back from things like co-governance. But when you actually look at the suite of, actual policies, the co-governance elements of three waters have been retained, even from the reset. Uh, the Māori Health Authority, which they call co-governance, is, is up and running. Uh, the co-governance elements of the RMA reform are still in place. Labour hasn't backtracked on anything except these very nebulous notions, you know, about hepuapua, which were never concrete policies. So even John Tamahiri in his speech said, Dame Tariana Turia left the Labour Party and founded the Māori Party because of a difference over policy. And he said that that's not what Mecca's doing. <laughs> she, there's no there's no difference. She, well, she, he said it wasn't wasn't the same thing. Yeah, he, yeah. he said it, it wasn't because of a difference <laughs> in policy. The, on, the only thing that is left 
is, is, is essentially, you know, the grudge theory. Either that or it's John Tumahiri's theory that this is some essentially sort of, uh, what's it called, um, eat, pray, love kind of self actualization journey um, that, that doesn't have anything really to do with New Zealand politics and has a lot to do with Mecca Faitidi's sort of um, internal narrative or sense of herself. Um, I'm not sure that I buy that either. Um, it, you know, it really does seem to be that she does not like being told not to hit staff. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you could also, I suppose, read it another way, which is that she sees that she can achieve more for her constituents and for Te Ao Māori generally from a position within Te Pāti Māori who may well be coming back and, you know, may may have a role after the election as a coalition partner. So, I mean, that's the other part of it. The other thing we don't know is is whether she's an MP anymore. Yep. <laughs> you know, as, as we speak, Parliament is sitting. She's not there. She's up in Hawke's Bay. But... Because of the waka jumping legislation, the Editorial Integrity Amendment Bill, I think it was called, that was introduced as a requirement of New Zealand First support after the 2017 election, the waka jumping bill requires that if an MP notifies in writing the Speaker that they have left the party that they were part of, the parliamentary party that they were part of, then automatically that waka jumping provision uh, kicks in and they the seat is vacated. In her speech this morning, she appeared to say that she had done that. We don't know as we speak the details. We're trying to seek more from the Speaker's office and from the Māori Party. But the Labour Party, meanwhile, said Kamo Sepaloni and Kelvin Davis came out and said that they wouldn't invoke waka jumping, which is the other track it goes down if the MP does not notify the Speaker in that fashion. Do you have a sense, Annabelle, putting your constitutional uh, scholar hat on, of what is going on? I would like to, by the way, say thank you to Andrew Geddes for talking me through it this morning. But do you know what's going on? And if she has vacated that seat and will not be, will, will, will the people of Ikarorafati be able to say, hang on a minute, it's quite an important time around here, we could use an MP? Honestly, I'm somewhat confused about what the status of her position currently is. I I mean, clearly she feels that she's still an MP and she intends to sit with Te Pāti Māori when Parliament sits again. Um, but then I've read stuff that says that she she's actually resigned from Parliament and that's not the case. I'm not 100% sure. What I think is smart, though, is that Labour are saying they won't invoke the waka jumping legislation. I'm assuming that's because they're going to rely on Adrian Dudafi to give her the boot instead and they get to look like they're above the fray. Just coming back to what Ben said earlier in terms of personal ambition, I mean, the... the the alternative could be that Mecca um, felt like she had done all that she can under Labour and she'd had a come-to-Jesus moment and had seen or, or had, um, had the epiphany that only a independent Māori party um, can achieve the gains that, that Māori want and she's decided to go out with a bang um, and her legacy is then that she either helps to grow Te Pāti Māori um, 
or not, but she's gone out on on her terms. You know, maybe she was getting ready to retire anyway. I just don't know. Okay, so the Speaker has said that Mika Whaiteri is now an independent MP. I just checked, just checked Twitter. Okay, but, uh, well, uh, we're, we're trying to digest this <laughs> as it happens. My understanding is that if she has notified him under, I think it's Section 55B, of the Electoral Act, that she is no longer a member of the Labour Parliamentary Party, 55A and 55B, yeah, here it is, that that seat is then vacated. But because, but you know, the, the Jamie... But does that apply if you've won that electorate? Does yes, that it apply does. if you've yes, won that electorate, yes, though, does. and you're the electorate MP? Yes, yes it right. does. Fascinating. And, the, and, you know, in the Jamie Lee Ross example, uh, remember him, he he left National and formed his own party, uh, but because he didn't formally write to the Speaker notifying them of that and merely vocalised it, and, and because National noises, he, he he was removed from the lab, from the National Caucus, he was removed from the National Party, and he was still afforded this whole parliamentary service wraparound. So he was able, you know, it's a, in many ways it's a better position. You can still say you're serving the people of your constituency. I'm confused by that. Uh, so maybe she hasn't formally notified him in writing. And if so, then Labour has indicated that they would not invoke the waka jumping. So so that does mean that that she remains in Parliament and can sit with Te Pāti Māori um, because Labour chooses not to go through the, the process of the waka jumping provisions. I mean, it, it, looks, it looks like a shambles. It looks like she did intend to resign but she didn't know that that would mean she lost her seat and so okay. she she and her she and her attorney John Tamahiri have been talking to the speaker's oh, office and the, and, the, and, and they've found some you know it seems like they've found some kind of workaround there was no signature there was well we would advise you to look it up we don't but the reality is the reality is that she clearly signalled that she was resigning from the party as of today. And so what actually, you know, John Tamahiri was talking about emancipation and being freed mm. from the shackles of Labour as if this, as if she was being liberated from a prison camp. But actually what emancipation means is on a technicality, feigning that she's still a member of parliament so that she can take a public salary and taxpayer money to finance her re-election bid. And this whole thing is the most cynical, shallow exercise I have ever seen from a departing MP. Um, you, you know... <laughs> Whoa, we just talked about Jamie Lee Ross. Jamie Lee Ross never said, you know, he, he didn't say, I am, like he actually said, you know, I'm, I'm staying as part of National, they can try and kick me out or whatever. Mega Fighter said publicly, I or the John Tamedi said, we have informed the speaker that Mega Fighterdy has resigned from the Labour Party and yeah. is joining to yeah. Party Maori, which would trigger the Waka jumping legislation. And now they're relying on a technicality to like basically keep the public well, money flowing. And it's yeah. it, and it and it turns well, all of his high flow and rhetoric into a bit of a joke. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll we need to kind of we'll need to revisit that, um, and we'll get back to that next time. Obviously, it's just a, a, a developing story. The what about the situation for Labour? I mean, the obviously the kind of scale of this is intensified by the fact we're dealing with a minister. You know, this isn't this isn't a disaffected backbench MP. It's a minister of the crown. Moreover, the Prime Minister Chris Hipkins 
was off with uh, Prince William, Kensington Palace, prepping for the big day on the weekend for the coronation, which everyone is very excited about. I'm assuming you guys are going to be covering it live. To do it while the PM's away, is that cynical or accidental? And more to the point, I guess, Annabelle, how damaging is it for Labour? How damaging is it to lose an MP and a minister? 65 seats they began with, down to 62 now. Godot Sharma and Jacinda Ardern, who, uh, if you missed it, she resigned. How much of a bloody nose is it for Labour, for Chris Hipkins, who are meant to be focusing, remember, on the bread and butter, not on sacking Stuart Nash and resigning, waka-jumping, Mika Faitere? It's definitely a bloody nose. I don't think they're going to bleed to death over it, though. Um, But I think what it does is it puts them on notice to be mindful of how they they treat their Māori MPs and now is probably a good time to do a little bit of soul-searching and self-reflecting as to... Because, like Ben said, this is not necessarily an issue of of policy. It's not like Tariana walking the floor. Um, This comes down to, you know interpersonal relationships and so are there any other MPs that uh, are disgruntled? Has anyone had a a beloved ministerial position taken off them or um, denied a a promotional opportunity? Those sorts of things so you know potentially I think you know there could be concern that this might start a little trickle of Māori MPs who could potentially cross the floor so I think I think it's wise on their part that they're not coming down with the big hammer to smash her with the waka jumping bill. And um, and probably they need to be doing a check-in with their other Māori MPs to, to, to see how tight they are. Ben Thomas. Um, yeah, look, Missy, I, I, assume, I would assume that there's some symbolic sort of value in that for um, Tamahiri, that while uh, Hipkins is over schmoozing with uh the the crown the literal crown that uh that 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 uh mecca is declaring her independence um I, you know so i and i i don't think it's a mistake in in that sense so i think that was probably pretty carefully choreographed um it is it's obviously very inconvenient for labor it now makes one of the you know what they would have thought of as one of their safest seats of fight um, it does in, it does increase the momentum behind Te Party Māori. Um, you know, there is, there's, there's certainly a sense of sort of momentum around the party right now. Um, you know, they, 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 are in, they are tending to be a bit of a sort of home for disgruntled, uh, you know, MPs. Louisa Wall says that she's going to stand for them in Manurewa. Um, Has she said that? I don't oh, know. Oh, um, is that just rumoured? It's been rumored, talked about. Sorry. I mean, Mika Faitere was a big supporter of Louisa Wall, if that means anything. Yeah. It certainly has that sort of sense um, that John Tamihiri is running a recruitment drive that is working. You know, I mean, it, it does – those, those are kind of upward trajectory moments for parties, aren't they? It's an impressive and super fun play for, for, for John, John Tamihiri, no doubt. And he'll be enjoying running rings around Labour at the moment. I think the Māori Party, though, the Party Māori, need to play this out incredibly carefully from here because there will be a generation of Māori 
who may not like the fact that this went down when Hipkins was out of the country. You know, people talk a lot about Parikura and his kanohi kitea, his rangatira kite rangatira approach to politics, you know, being seen, meeting chief to chief. And I think there will be some people that that don't like that this went down without any prior knowledge, without it being communicated to Labour's leadership, doing it while Hipkins was out of the country. I think the other thing Te Pāti Māori need to be mindful of is that they've done an incredible job over the last three years of reinventing themselves as this fresh new political movement. You know, like Ben says, they've sort of become the party of disgruntled Labour MPs and Komatua, there's a lot of criticism that they weren't bringing fresh people through and that they were growing out of touch and they were too much concerned with the woes of iwi leadership and not considering, you know, what was happening for ordinary um, Māori in the cities and that sort of stuff. So I think they've, they've got to manage this very carefully or it could come back to bite them. And they also need to bear in mind that, you know, Rafati, really the you know the big population base is upper hut, lower hut, um Wainui or Mata, and the concerns of Maori there are not necessarily the concerns of Maori um that live on the east coast. And while this narrative at the moment might be really appealing to young people, it's not necessarily young people that get out and vote on on election day, it's those older ones. So Thank you, Annabelle. Great points. You're quite right. It will be interesting to see how it affects, and it's a no sure thing, how it will affect that kind of dynamic with uh, Rawiri Waititi and Debbie Ngaruwapaka, who have become a quite, a, quite a kind of bold duo at the top of the party. we got to go. Let me just say uh, the latest is that the Speaker has confirmed he has received no letter of resignation, but that Faitari has indicated, <laughs> so he's received not a notification, but an indication, I don't know what form that took, uh, and that he believes she has, quote, followed the law to the letter, and so therefore is now an independent MP. So, you know, maybe maybe it was a genius move to get Labour to pledge that they wouldn't invoke any uh, waka jumping, and it looks like, best we can tell now, at 20 past two, best we can tell Mekafaiti will be caucusing with the parliamentary Māori party. I was going to say, like, JT does come from a legal background, so I'm pretty sure they would have done their homework to find a way to make to make this work. I doubt that they would just blunder into this. So, All right, we're going to be back next week. We'll be talking about this a bit more, among other things. Kia ora, thank you. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.